On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, avoidance, often called avoidance coping, avoidance coping, avoidant behaviors, escape coping, any of those terms all kind of mean the same thing, right? That you are engaging in a maladaptive form of coping that involves you changing your behavior to avoid thinking about, feeling, or doing difficult things. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Our quote of the day, avoidance has never been a great tactic in solving any problem. For most situations in life, Not addressing what's going on only makes matters worse. This quote comes to us from the professional troublemaker herself, Lovey Ajayi Jones. Nazi. I follow Lovey and she always has like amazing things to say. And I usually agree with the truth telling that she puts out there that it might be hard for folks to hear. When I hear this quote, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you are exactly right. Not addressing what's going on only makes matters worse. But T, when you hear this quote, what comes up for you? Well, hmm. (laughs) that's a good question. I'm just rereading it to make sure I can answer honestly. I think that avoidance can have its place. I don't think it's productive in the long run. And I don't think that it's an ideal way to cope. But I do believe that there are times and there are instances in life where avoidance can sometimes protect us. And I know we'll probably talk about that in a bit. Avoidance can protect us as long as you don't stay in that avoidance space, right? Ideally. But then again, I can and see that I'm torn because I'm thinking about people, you know, I've experienced trauma, but I'm thinking about people who've experienced trauma that's far, you know, more, I'm going to say impactful, right? And traumatizing than I have. And in those situations, I don't know, maybe perpetual avoidance is what will serve them best. So I really, 
I think it's situational. That's what I'll, that's what I'll, I'll land on. It's situational. I agree. And that's why I think, that's why I appreciate the, the caveat that Lovey puts in there around for most situations in life, right? That there are going to be those exceptions that where things really are that intense, that avoiding that there are certain behaviors that need to be or spaces, places and people that need to be avoided to prevent your trauma, right? Or a trauma or a tragedy from occurring. And so that makes sense to me that there are moments where avoiding can be helpful. But I think the thing to pay attention to, though, is that even with trauma that you may be avoiding, there is going to come a point where the overall situation itself will need to be addressed or things will continue to get worse, right? So I think the key here is recognizing one, like, let's, let's just pause and let's define what avoidance is. What, what does that really mean? So what we know from many therapists and academic researchers is that avoidance, often called avoidance coping, avoidance coping, avoidant behaviors, escape coping, any of those terms all kind of mean the same thing, right? That you are engaging in a maladaptive form of coping that involves you changing your behavior to avoid thinking about, feeling, or doing difficult things. So I'll say that again, that avoidance is a form of maladaptive coping in which you change your behavior to avoid thinking about, feeling, or doing difficult things. Now that we've let that sink in, let's kind of let's talk about what that looks like. Because the reality is that, like I wanna I wanna be clear, lady, as you're listening, you know rocking with us for a long time, or maybe this is your first time listening to us, we do not condone or believe in shaming. And so this conversation that we're having is not to shame or pass judgment on anyone about avoidance. It's to bring light to a common occurrence. And when I say common, I mean, each and every one of us engages in coping. Even the person who is functioning at their highest self occasionally engages engages in avoidance and has probably engaged in higher forms of avoidance when they were functioning at a different level of their self. So. It's something we all do. So no shame here. But let's talk about it because this is a topic that doesn't come up very often. We don't sit around at brunch and say, girl, let me tell you about that, that situation that I avoided the other exactly. day. Or what I'm avoiding right now in my life. <laughs> right. right. 
Right. Exactly. Because right. we're trying to avoid that shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, Dom, this is good. I'm excited. That brings up what? An example of what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. So you're sitting around at brunch with your girlfriends and you're you're talking about all the life things you're getting well let me be clear not all the life things because if you're avoiding you're probably there's something you're exactly. not discussing right mm-hmm. but let's say that you're at brunch and you know that when you get home there's a task at home that needs to get done right Whatever that task might be, maybe it's the laundry, if you're me, or maybe it's meal prepping for the week, probably me. Maybe, maybe it's reading that report for that presentation. I don't know, that hasn't been me in a while. But there's something that you're not wanting to do when you get home. So you're at brunch, and brunch is wrapping up, and what do you say? I know what I say. I'll be like, girl, see what you got going on after this. I got to run a quick errand at TJ Maxx. You want to come with me? Right. 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 And next exactly. thing you know, brunch has turned into a trip to TJ Maxx and then a trip to the grocery store for not the things that you need for meal prep, but for mm-hmm. some random stuff. Right. And then next thing you know, it's five o'clock and you're like, oh, girl, let's go catch that happy hour. Yeah. And that two hour brunch has now turned into a 12 hour day. And you get home and you're like, oh, well, time to get ready for the next day, meaning go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that thing that needed to get done doesn't get done you were engaging in avoidance yeah definitely been there lady you know this is a grown woman podcast okay and chances are if you're an avid listener you know we get a little blatcher over here we get bougie classy and we get ratchet so today's sponsor should not come as a surprise Uber Lube is a luxurious high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean body-friendly ingredients it's just silicone with a little bit of vitamin e The vitamin E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes the skin. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body-safe ingredients and nothing beats Uber Lube. Y'all, I didn't test this out myself and let me tell you, it's A1, okay? It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal. There's no flavor or scent. It's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And Uber Lube even works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, hot tubs, bathtub, all that good stuff, okay? Right now, Uber Lube is offering Cultivating Her Space listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use our code herspace at uberlube.com that's 10% off and free shipping just use code herspace at u-b-e-r-l-u-b-e.com and um i have a little list okay so i i done okay. brainstorm a couple of things and i ha- i feel like there are levels to it 
So I'm going to start yep. with like the lightweight one and see if you have one to potentially match and kind of go back and forth. But the first one I thought about, girls, we were exploring this topic is there have been times where I might have some type of bill or invoice or like an insurance claim that I need to process. And I'll have it, y'all know I use Asana for everything, right? So I usually either have it, leave it as unread in my email or I'll have it in Asana and I just keep changing the due date. Like, oh, I'm going to do it then. And I'm going to do it then. I've literally had something unread for like months, like probably more than six months or just had it on the to-do list. And the crazy thing about it is a lot of times when I go ahead and finally, you know, you just have one of those days where either your energy is really good or you're feeling productive. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get this done. And then you do it. And I was like, that was not bad at all. I could have literally done that before. Like I lit, but I just needed to be in the right space for it. So that's the first one that I want to share. I was definitely avoiding the the envelope on my desk for quite some time. And yeah. So what about you, Dom? Any, any like lightweight things that you were avoiding? Yeah. I think about that. I, I've done that, right. Where there's a task that I want to do. No, let me be real. Let me be honest. There's a task that I need to do, but I don't want to do because there's something there that there's some emotional connection to it that I'm trying to avoid. Usually that's what it is, right? So let's say it's a bill that I need to respond to, right? So for instance, let's say your cell phone company gives you an extra charge and you're like, shit, I see this extra charge. I need to call them and deal with this because I want my money. My coins is important, right? But you don't have the time or the energy to sit on the phone with them because you know you're going to be on hold for a long time. You know you're going to talk to that one customer service rep and you're going to be like, lady, this is not your fault. I need your supervisor because it's his fault. And But you don't want to have to go through that, right? You don't have the energy to sit through that process. And so you just let it keep on building up and keep pushing that due date back. And then next thing you know, it's literally the last day left before you need to call. And you're like, shit, I have no choice but to call. And now you call because if I want my money back, then I have to call. And so you call and you're like, the fuck? This thing only took me. Five minutes out of my yes. day, I could have been knocked that out. Yes. Okay, real quick. You just made me think of one right now. And girl, my website was down, right? I don't know what happened, but it was down. I emailed the the guy who manages my other website. And he's like, oh, if you pay this, this fee, you can add this other website. And I was like, first of all, I'm not trying to pay an additional fee to you, sir. Cause I felt like it was easy. Like I felt like the, the solution was easy, but I just did not have the bandwidth to figure it out. So girl, but I mean, weeks, it was, it was down for like probably a month, more than a month. And then one day I woke up a little bit earlier, had some time before I had to dive into my to-do list. And I called my hosting provider, girl, this man fixed my website in 10 minutes for free. Girl. And I was like, I could have done that. So it was the avoidance, but I do have some other like more high risk avoidance okay. examples. Okay. So this, y'all, this is going to take us back to middle school. Okay. So in middle school, I was definitely, I, 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 when I look back, I think I was like pretty awkward, but I was like a cool awkward. That's why I like to say like I was a cool awkward. And there was this table. 
<laughs> it's going to be so funny, y'all. It's funny to me because it was my experience, right? But there was this table in the lunchroom. Remember the lunchroom where they have the table that's connected Yay. to the little bench? So mm-hmm. there was a lunchroom where all the kids would sit with their friends. And when you're finished with your food, of course, you walk up, you walk your tray up to the little drop off. But when you walk up, it's kind of like you on a runway. It's like you're doing, what's that called, Dom? When people, y'all have not been out in a long time because of COVID. What is that? Soul like train red line. carpet or oh, soul, soul train. train where you go okay. and you, it's kind of like a, like a fashion show. Like everyone's looking mm-hmm. at you. So we would always have, me and my friends would always have anxiety when we'd be walking down to take up our tray. But there was a table in the very front of the tray drop off, like right at the front of the lunchroom. And this is called the black boys table. That's where all the like the cute black boys would sit. <laughs> so middle school, <laughs> right? So middle school. Yes. So girl, I used to have so much anxiety going up there. So I might ask someone else to return my tray for me or try to see if I could like go a different way or wait until they leave so that everyone wouldn't be looking at my outfit, looking at my Payless shoes. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to avoid the situation because of the anxiety, but also the possible rejection that would come from that. So that was another example I thought of. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) That is, I know so many people who can relate to something similar, right? Like that and and we'll talk about this later about the connection between avoidance and anxiety. But yes, mm-hmm. that yeah, that that is one that a lot of folks experience but don't necessarily talk about, right? Yeah. So we taking it back to grade school. Yeah, girl. I remember high school and I remember being feeling awkward and not coordinated mm-hmm. and having anxiety about playing certain sports. As much as I love to watch the game of basketball, basketball ain't my ministry, y'all, okay? <laughs> and people would like to think that because I am 5'7", yep, I was just thinking that, that, and got these long legs that I was like the star basketball player, nah, player, that ain't my life, okay? <laughs> However, because that is not my life, that's what I would avoid in in school. So whenever we had, so when we had gym class, and it wasn't just basketball, let me just be real. It wasn't just basketball. If there was any sport that we had to play that I didn't think that I was good at, or I felt like I might embarrass myself in front of my classmates, and not that I hadn't embarrassed myself before, but I think that served to reinforce this thought that it could happen, right? I would avoid playing sports during gym class, particularly when I had a male gym coach by saying I had female problems. And a couple of times he looked, he would look at me like, you lying? And then I would double over and say, my cramps are so bad. Mm-hmm. I can, and then, a few times I should have won an award for the tears that I manufactured to to avoid play sports during gym class. That was a good one, Dom. I feel like this is bringing back so many memories. I know your teacher, he was probably like, girl, twice in one month though. Right. He was probably like, but you know, they can't say anything. They can't say anything. They have to go with it. Girl. 
So the last one I'll share, I, I talked about this in our last episode, like I alluded to something, some trauma around math. So I'll bring up math because for me, so in my household, we did a lot of learning at home. So in addition to what we learned at school, we had like summer school at home. We were reading books and we did all that. And with math, I feel like it just didn't come natural to me. So we did our times tables and we had all these activities we would do. But I was the person, I was the kid that was at the dinner table super late because I, I couldn't get a problem right. And I would get I'll get my ass beat at the kitchen table. And so there was a lot of trauma around those experiences because of the anxiety, because of the fear. And so with math in particular, it was more challenging for me than writing. And so I guess I honestly may have blocked it out of my mind, like the specific situation or instance that happened. But I remember falling asleep at the table or not being able to eat or get something that I, excuse me, get something that I wanted because of me not completing something from school or whatever. And so when it comes to math, I know that there's trauma around that because of those experiences that I've had. But the way that that shows up today is my grandfather, he passed away, but he used to, when we would talk on the phone to catch up, he would ask me random math questions. And I would have so much anxiety because I'm like the pressure's Ooh. on. He he wasn't the one that abused me, but just because he would be asking me, I'm like, oh shit, like I get sweaty. I start to get anxious, my you know, butterflies in my stomach. And I'd be cheating on the phone. I pull up my calculator and be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm, nine times eight, if I know it. And so for me, I feel like when math is presented to me at this big age, I just automatically in my mind, I've like turned off the ability to even, even if I know the answer, unless it's like two times two, I will look it up just because I don't want to even give my, I don't want my brain to go to the place of having to find the answer. Does that make sense, Dom? Yeah, yeah, that so there's does. a lot of, a lot around that. But the thing is, and we can dive into this later, I don't have a desire to dig into that or resolve it because of the risk and reward. I don't feel like it, there's, yeah. there's, there's so much more traumatic you know, there's so much more trauma that I could dive into in my life that I think would be more meaningful and that would give me breakthroughs that I can see in my everyday life as opposed to the math one. That's one where I'm just like, eh, if I get bored one day in my bigger age, like if I'm a different age, I may dive into it. But for now, I'm like, we're, we're, we'll just, we'll let it sit where it is. So. Yeah. No, I could, I could totally see that and understand that and think that like, you do have to have that discernment, right? Get to that decision point of, is this thing that I'm avoiding, what's the impact on my life, right? Do I, is this something that is going to harm me if I continue to avoid? Or is this something that right now in this present moment, we can go on ahead and keep avoiding and address it when it's, when it's necessary, because eventually it will, it might come up again. Right. Now, one thing I want to say is I think this also this experience around math, it gives me empathy for people who are avoiding other things, because this is something that I am. I would say I'm a little stubborn about. So if someone were to come to me and say, well, you should really dig into that and you should really try to figure out why you don't like math. Like if you were to ask me, if someone asked me something about math today, my mind is not like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull out my calculator. I refuse to just say it off the top of my head because I don't want to go down that journey, like down that route. And so it gives me empathy for people that have, I want to say bigger situations that they're trying to avoid because I'm like, oh damn, I get it. Cause I know how I feel about math and I know that there's a trauma around that for me and I don't have an interest in diving into that. So I, I think that it also helps to give me empathy for those situations. 
That's a really good point about having empathy for people who are avoiding something. I think that I have, what I have learned is giving people that space to, and me stepping into curiosity around why are they avoiding it, right? Because I used to have, there used to be certain things, there was a point in my life where I, my tolerance was low for certain things. And so there would be something like, I remember there was, I can't remember which friend it was, but I had a friend who didn't like, who would never take the highway. And so to get places, they always took the street route. And I remember being in a space where that annoyed me to no end because obviously the street route takes a whole lot longer, right? Like hop your ass on that highway and get there in 20 minutes instead of 60. Like I don't understand. And that tone and all of that would be what would show up, right? And I had to step back and recognize two things. One, my irritation or frustration was not necessarily about them. It was about me, right? Me wanting to be like in a hurry, get the situation done, get to our next thing, like just move, like get things going versus when I stepped back and actually like inquired about what was going on. Why do you not like the highway? learning that they had been in an accident on the highway. And while they weren't hurt, thank goodness, that was still traumatizing for them. And so they, when given the option, would avoid getting on the highway. That's a good example. Thank you. Like, I, and I, cause I think there's a lot of people that, that may be dealing with something similar, right? So at some point, yes, they will have to work through the trauma around what happened with that accident. But for right now, that's that, if that's what they have to do to cope and it's not significantly causing any harm to other people. Yeah, you know, people, their friends have to wait a little longer. But it's not causing harm. Then they will keep engaging in that behavior. And we can offer empathy to them as they are processing through it. Yeah, that's a really good example. I'm glad that you shared that because it does just make you think about, I mean, everything is situational. It makes you, one of the questions you asked or something that you said, something similar to, you know, how is it impacting you, right? Like, how is it impacting mm-hmm. you? And is it hindering some? Like, if I wanted to be a mathematician, then it's like, babe, baby girl, you want you, we're gonna have to address this trauma. We're gonna have to therapist to work through. Okay, that. something we gotta do something because that's my goal, and now my trauma is impacting my goal and my ability to yep. advance and achieve this thing that's important to me. So lady, what we're going to do next is we're going to talk a bit about how avoidance has helped us, if it has helped us, right? So you answer these for yourself as well. Also, have you missed out on something that because of avoidance? And then we're going to talk about ways that you may be engaging in avoidance and what are alternatives to avoidance, to avoidance coping. So Dom, let's talk about how has avoidance helped you? If it has helped, or maybe it hasn't. 
<laughs> so I would say that it avoidance, there have been points in life where avoidance has helped me, right? So I don't know why I keep thinking of like traffic situations. But <laughs> what what is coming up for me personally and how it has helped me is that I know that there have been times where I have been trying to avoid like leaving the house when it's dark out, right? And there's been multiple times where like there's some other thing that I'm trying to avoid. It's not, they're not coming to me right now exactly what those things are, but usually there's something that I'm trying to avoid doing. Typically, the more recent occurrence for me is avoiding sitting in traffic. Like, I hate that shit. And so, avoid sitting in traffic. What has helped, how this is, how the avoidance has helped me is it has led to me, like, changing my work schedule, right? It has led to me maybe leaving for a destination earlier than I intended. So that I'm not sitting in traffic, right? And then what that ends up doing, how it ends up helping me is if I, now let's be clear, this avoid, this desire to avoid traffic does not always work out. But when I am really good at the avoidance, what it means is that I am planning far enough in advance that I leave my destination, leave to get to my destination early, which means then I have time. I get there and I have time to get settled and I have time to chill, get grounded and be ready for when that thing starts. Right. Whether it's a hair appointment, a doctor's appointment, whatever, or an event like whatever it might be, I now have time to calm down. And be ready to show up because I know what tends to happen in my life is that in this era, in this attempt to avoid traffic, if I don't plan, then I'm rushing and then I show up and I'm, I'm not grounded and I feel really anxious and I might be a little sweaty and my heart rate is up and I'm not thinking clearly and it just isn't a good look, right? What it has also done in this avoidance of this er this attempt to avoid traffic is because I've changed like my work schedule. What that means is that I am more intentional about my time with work. Because I know, particularly in the morning, that I need to leave by a certain time to avoid the traffic. So then that means that I am on top, my mornings, I'm on top of it so that I can be out the house by a certain time because I loathe sitting in the trap. And so that's an instance where avoidance can be helpful and I will continue to engage in those behaviors because it continues to serve me. T, what about you? I love I love these traffic examples because I feel like we can all relate to that too. Because I'm like, girl, I don't like no traffic either. But no one wants to show up and be rushed and flustered and all that. Like I like to get there and be able to 
breathe, go to the bathroom, maybe put a little bit more deodorant on if I'm a little sweaty. So I like right? I like that example a lot. Now, Lee, I do want to say that I just want to give you a quick trigger warning because mine is going to be around some, you know, intense trauma. So I just want to give you that quick warning. If you're not in a space, you may not want to, if you're not in a good space, you may want to just fast forward this part. So Dom, I will say that mine is sexual trauma and really just abuse in general. And so the interesting thing is I was in therapy for years and I would talk about all of the I want to say the lightweight stuff. So like, oh yeah, work, this person did this, or I need help with this. And literally it took me a year with this one particular therapist for me to actually talk about being molested when I was younger and to dive into that. And there are so many layers to the abuse that I experienced. I, even at this point, I haven't dove in to everything, but I dove in deep enough and I am slow walking myself. So I would say that you know, for years I didn't talk about this. I didn't even really think about it within myself. And there are still some things that I haven't shared. But when I was trying to get pregnant, that was a time where I did a lot of intense childhood trauma, deep dives, where I was really going back into what I experienced because I really felt in my gut that I was holding on to stuff in my womb space that was really preventing me from releasing and clearing that energy so that I could get pregnant and keep the pregnancy right and and have my the baby that I was you know looking to have and so that was the thing that I was avoiding and it served me because it allowed me not to re-traumatize myself because I don't think I was ready at that time to relive those experiences and that's why I slow walk myself into it because they were I mean there were horrific things that happened and things that you know I sometimes think like how would I did this impact me as a person? Did it impact me, you know, my sex life? Did it impact the way that I show up sexually? You know, did I go through these different phases of, you know, promiscuity or avoidance because of the things that happened to me? So those were some loaded questions. I was like, I am not ready to dive into this. Yeah. Right. But I think that me trying to have my child really presented a great opportunity for me to do to dive into that work because it was bigger than myself. And the last thing I wanted to state around this is at one point when I was writing my book, Dom, I had explored going under hypnosis to maybe mm-hmm. figure out, oh, what else can I what else may have happened in my story that I could write about? But I know for a fact that there are many things that my memory was like, baby girl, we're not gonna remember this because it's probably yeah. best that you not know about all these things because I'm an overthinker already. And so I just can only imagine what I would do if I, you know, had a level of detail that I probably should, I just probably shouldn't have. And I probably don't want to have. So that was loaded. That was a lot lady. I know, but I do think that avoidance in that case has, has, has helped me a lot because I just, I don't think I was ready for all of that. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, because I think that what you shared is important that a lot of people who have experienced sexual trauma also go through, right? That, so some of it is, you described repressing memories. And some of it is avoiding, avoiding the topic Mm -hmm. because it's protecting you, right? That, you know, I tell folks all the time, particularly my therapy clients, that we, our brains are wired to protect us. Our brains are wired to increase pleasure, decrease pain. So if there are things that 
we could potentially experience that would cause us pain, sometimes our brains get ahead of us and allow us to engage in behaviors or thoughts or feelings to avoid sitting with the pain. And there are lots of times where that serves us well. And the thing that I like to point out, too, is that when we're ready, even though there's this phrase that, you know, what you resist persists, when you are ready, you'll stop avoiding. Yes, that is so powerful, Dom. Thank you for sharing and adding the psychologist perspective on everything that I share. That's super helpful. So I appreciate that, Dom. And then last, before we dive into some of the other topics that we talked about, that we said we'd talk about, lady, we want to talk about missing out on something because of avoidance. Has that ever happened to you? Have you missed out on something because you were avoiding? You said, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What is it, girl? Yeah. <laughs> so... Right now, there is, I thought I had a specific story that was coming to mind, Mm -hmm. but I seem to have lost it. Okay. And so, lost what that memory was that I wanted to share. And, And so, but what does come up for me is that there have been lots of points in life where I would like feel socially anxious. and. I would avoid going to something, some type of social engagement because I felt really anxious about like how I would be perceived or how I should act in that moment, in that scenario. And I know, and right now there's not a specific one that's coming to mind, but I know there have been times where my friends have gone out and maybe they ran into this really cute guy that I know I probably would have been attracted to had I gone out with them. And maybe, maybe that could have been my future husband, right? Like, or maybe they ran into like a celebrity that I really like and big fan of and would have wanted to fangirl out for a moment. And I missed out on that because I didn't allow myself to go, right? So there's not one specific thing that's coming up, but I know that there have been plenty of social opportunities that, and even just connecting on a deeper level with my friends, right? That in that moment, having that shared experience that I missed out on because I was feeling socially anxious and I found a way to get out of that situation. What about for you? I'm going to share mine, Dom, but I went Googling while you were sharing and I want, lady, I want to bring attention to one of our episodes about social anxiety. So season four, Dom, this was season four, episode one. We have the episode called Beyond Shyness, How to Face Your Social Anxiety Fears. And so many women really enjoyed this episode, lady. So make sure you go check that out. Season four. Four, episode one. Okay, so mine, Dom, is honestly around the same topic. So I had an opportunity. I'm not going to dive in too deep because I want us to be able to dive into some of the other stuff here. But years ago, I had an opportunity to apply to be a speaker at 
this summit where I was like, this is in the beginning of my public speaking career. And it was for this motivational speaking conference. And they would basically critique my speech. And I agreed to do it. And then I backed out at the last minute because I was like, oh, fuck, no, I'm too scared. I was too nervous. Long story short, I ended up going to the event. I saw other people getting up to do it. And it wasn't bad at all. It didn't seem bad. And I was like, oh, let me ask them if I can go up and do it now. They were like, girl, no, like they didn't say it like that, but they were just like, oh, sorry. Like we don't have the space anymore. Like all those, all the slots have been filled. And I remember seeing a 17 year old girl there who went up to speak and she did an amazing job. And I was just like, damn it. I missed out on this opportunity. So I promised myself after that, whenever I feel the fear, I would do it anyway. And whenever I felt butterflies, I would do it anyway. And I've been feeling the fear and doing it anyway ever since. So I do a lot of things that that scare me. So that is my example. I did miss out, but then I I changed the game on how I approach those fearful situations. Thank you for sharing that example. I love that because I think that that is a common thing that happens for us, right? Is that we, we avoid because we're scared. And then we're like, oh, I need to, I, I missed out on this. And then we might have a little bit reg- of regret. And then it's like, okay, what do I, how do I do, what do I do with it? And some people may sit in that regret and continue to avoid. But I love how you took that and you took that lemon and made your lemonade. And you use that as an opportunity to say, okay, I need to show up now because I see where I see, I got the lesson, lesson received. I'm not going to miss out on an opportunity again because of my fear. I'm going to step into it. Yes. I got the lesson, lesson received. And that's it. That's what, that's the best we can do, right? You get these lessons and you change how you plan to move forward. All right, ladies. So we're going to jump into ways you may be engaging in avoidance. And I just want to pause real quick because we're kind of like, I guess, past mid-episode. Lady, if you're enjoying this conversation, make sure you follow us on Instagram and connect with us. We love to send you messages and respond to your comments at Herspace Podcast. And also, lady, it helps us out when you leave reviews. So please leave us a five-star review because it'll help more Black women like you tune into the podcast and get access. So Dom, the first one here says, oh, this is familiar, right? For both of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On social situations because something about the scenario makes you anxious. I've definitely been there, girl, for sure. Networking yes. events, yes. but I have a plan now. So I prepare for them, you know, before yes. moving into them. But yep, that's the first one. And then we have, ooh. Oh, okay. Now I know oh, that I for a couple of these, we talk we talk about the black men on doing this. Mm-hmm. But Lady, you know you'll be doing this too. Mm-hmm. Says I right here. <laughs> yes. Not going to the doctor. Not taking your car to the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Or not paying your taxes. Not answering that phone call. All because you believe and are afraid that you're going to get bad news. Yeah. Oh, I want to lean into Lovey's quote for those because those are important mm-hmm. ones that will impact our future. You know, like if you don't pay the taxes, yes. Uncle Sam, they're going to come knocking, right? They're going to come. Mm-hmm. You can't we saw what doctors. happened to Wesley Snipes. Okay. So those are definitely important. The next one here, Dom, 
not having a conversation or speaking up for yourself if you think it'll be uncomfortable or make the other person mad at you. Girl, I've definitely been here too. So, yes, yes, yes. And regretted yes. it later on. Yep. Because the only person that ends up really hurting and all of that is yourself. Exactly. And so the next one. Mm, mm, mm. We need to stop playing small, y'all. Okay. So not giving a hundred percent or keeping a low profile because you don't want to be the center of attention. Stop playing small, y'all. I wonder who wrote these because I feel like these are all directed toward me. But maybe it's just me being <laughs> maybe it's just me being <laughs> guilty conscience. The last one here is allowing self to be distracted by planning other things and not being fully present. So anyone else a recovering procrastinator out there? Me. <laughs> our hands are up. If you can't see us, lady, we are. Yes, our hands are up. We have been there before. But it's all, I mean, we talked about this in the last episode, acknowledgement, right? Acknowledging where we yeah. are in the journey. So should we dive into these alternatives to avoidance coping? Yes, we should. All right, Dom, I'll let you go ahead and take it away, girl. So this first one, y'all know this is my personal fave and y'all hear me say this all the time and I will own that I am biased on this. But again, therapy. Because therapy will give you that space to discuss the patterns and the roots of those patterns with a licensed, trained professional. So when we talked about sexual trauma, Right. When we talk about the social anxiety, even when we talk about avoiding answering that phone call, paying your taxes, going to the doctor, you can talk about the underlying causes of those things in therapy. And your therapist can help you get through some of these next steps that we're going to talk about. What's the next one, T? The next one. Well, lady, just take those baby steps. Do something, right, that pushes you in the right direction. So start with one step instead of the whole situation at once. Although I don't eat elephants, I feel like there's a quote that says, like, to eat an elephant is one bite at a time or something like that. Something I'm like that, yes. Yeah. So y'all get, you, you get what I'm saying, lady. Just take that one baby step. And so whether it's, I mean, Dom and I literally just did this for ourselves. So literally we are recording the episodes, but we're also taking our own advice because there are some things in our lives, <laughs> in our lives, yes. in our life, in our yes. world that we have been avoiding. And so we have literally marked out the next steps, said, okay, what are we going to do? Who's going to do what? What's the due date? And then let's go do it. So take those baby steps. Yes, yes. And then the next thing is get on get comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? So recognizing that and you've heard this phrase before, I can't remember the exact how it goes now, but basically that like you're going to be to have the growth that you need is not going to be easy. There will be some level of discomfort. And you want to get comfortable with going through that. Because if we reframe it, what we will acknowledge is that to get to the good stuff, we have to go through 
some hard stuff. Amen to that, Dom. You're very preaching. And that takes us to number four, lady, which is enlisting the support of friends. I mean, I just shared with you that Dom and I are on this podcasting journey together and we help each other rise to the occasion and be consistent yes. and do the things that we need to do. So that's the, I think that's the perfect example right there. Get you some good friends who can help support you along the way. And hold you accountable. Maybe okay. be like, girl, you set this goal of going to the gym every day. Okay. It's Wednesday. Where are you at? Where you at? Dad? Right. And so then that takes us to number five, which is, Make a plan to address the situation. So as you're making the plan, as you're identifying what that thing is that you're avoiding, you can enlist the help of your friends to help you make that plan, right? Get your therapist or whatever professional might you might need to help you make a plan to address whatever it is that you might be avoiding. And then last but not least, lady, engage in self-care before and after. So ideally, we have a self-care practice that we, some type of ritual, right, that we're doing on a consistent basis. And I believe that especially when you do something, when you finally take those steps, do something for yourself, right? So whether it's a treat, whether it's that bag that you wanted or them sneakers or whatever it might be, do something for yourself, right? By way of self-care. So a nice bath, right? Candlelit bath, thanking yourself, gratitude, you know, writing about yourself in your gratitude journal, whatever it might be, engaging in self-care is always so important. You know, we talk about that a lot. So anything yeah. you want to add to self-care, Don, before I do the quick recap? No, I think you said it. All right, ladies, so we're going to go ahead and give you a quick recap here on the alternatives to avoidance coping. So you have therapy, you have taken those baby steps, get comfortable being uncomfortable, enlisting in the support of friends, make a plan to address the situation and engage in self-care before and after. And after. Thank you for tuning in, lady. We'll see you next time. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory psychology today or contact your insurance provider if you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at her space podcast or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com and before we meet again repeat after me i attract abundance and prosperity with ease